0: Um, I've been very emotional. Um yeah, just to kinda see this, you know, continuously happen. So um I mean Yeah, it was a long day for me, so <laughs> I kinda wasn't there mentally, but we'll be all right. I think the part is to see like people still don't care and for, for this it's continuously happened i mean it just shows um just a hate in people's heart and i mean i mean that that just sucks you know and being a black man in america it's not easy so i mean like i said you know, I, I just, I wasn't there today, but I'll, I'll bones back. I'll be fine.
1: It's another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast here on this Saturday, August the 29th, 2020. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at the com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me personally, Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. No G, Mike Silva at... Mets podcast.com I will answer back. It might take a day or two, but I will answer back. I answer all of them. Well, welcome in, everybody. And, you know, I'm coming here to you on a Saturday for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, uh, I have my doubts with the weather report that we're going to have some baseball this afternoon at uh, Yankee Stadium with uh, the third game of the five-game wild uh, doubleheader-centric subway series. Also, with the trade deadline and uh, with the ownership situation coming up on the 31st, I said, you're probably going to have a need for another program, so, well, let's just jam it in here. And most importantly, with the events that took place on Thursday night, I just felt it was time to do it and, and kind of fall in this gap between Sunday when we usually do the show and today. Joining me in just a little bit, he uh, was very nice on his vacation from the beach. Uh, you guys know him from his time at WFAN. He's now on 77 WABC. also does some syndicated uh, programs. I think he does a show down in Florida. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, the co host of Bernie and Sid. Uh, they're not just a sports show, they do talk sports, but it's a morning show and it's a good one. And, and in the vacuum, which is, you know, post, you know, with Stern being on serious if you don't have serious and i know that some of you might have been imus fans and imus is gone i wasn't really a big imus guy but imus is is obviously gone sid used to be on imus you know no more boomer and carton not that i was a fan of that show it's really tough morning radio is really tough and this show to me has put in a little uh is plugged a little gap at least locally here i'm talking from a new york point of view And I think you should check it out. Uh, It's not sports, so if you're looking for sports, you got to go somewhere else. If you're looking for just sports, but I think they're they're giving you some thought-provoking content. They have some great guests. They have a a local flavor, of course, because they're New York guys. And uh, Sid has always been good to me. So Sid Rosenberg from the beach for uh, a few minutes. 77 WABC, Bernie and Sid. So I should be talking about an historic night in Mets history tonight. I mean, double double header sweep of the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, even though they were the home team on one game, which is weird. Sweeping the Yankees is always a cool thing. Subway Series is always a cool thing. In the middle of all this, there's a new owner on the horizon that could wipe away a decade of financial misery with this team. Steve Cohen, who should have had the team months ago, but as it is with this ownership group, you know, they can't do anything the easy way. You could thank a pandemic of this happening because I don't know if this would have happened without it. We should be talking about that. I should be talking about the trade deadline. Even though this is a, as I said in the prior podcast, extended spring training on steroids season, pandemic season. I don't know if anything good is going to come out of winning a championship here or investing in a team in the normal way. There is a deadline, and the Mets need a lot of pitching. Right now, the Mets starting pitching is a mess. Uh, This is basically a bullpen game every game except for Degrom. And this is not a pitching staff, in my opinion, that is a playoff bound or a team that can finish in a regular season 500 type of uh, situation. This is not a team that could compete with the pitching the way it is. I'm sorry. It's not a good enough pitching staff. It's a second division club pitching staff right now. And I think in a 60-game season, you could piece it together. uh, But they got a lot of work to do when this offseason comes with a new owner. We should be talking about that. And... I get the reviews, I read them, stick to Sports Mike, we're not here to get your opinion on anything but the Mets, You know, we don't want to hear about your thoughts on the virus or politics, which, let's be fair, I very rarely delved into that stuff. The only time that stuff has come up, is because it's connected to baseball, I don't try to connect it. See, that's the difference. I don't go out actively trying to connect it. Guys like, and I like, again, I don't want to just trash people without saying I like their work. Guys like Andy Martino, Vest and why, they've looked to connect it time and time again. That's not what I do. That's when you should be mad. This all comes to me. This all comes to us here in our little Candyland world of sports. But every time I try to move on, whether it be with COVID and the, the paranoid, excessive, obsessive coverage, of something that we know what it's all about now that you get. You have the COVID shutdown with the Mets. Look, that wasn't their fault. That was going to happen. They're taking the necessary precautions that they put in place when they restarted the season. So, okay. Mets have the breakout. It's part of the news. We talk about it. Then they decide to come back, and you're just about ready to get into this thing again. All right, they're back. Ownership situation, the deadline. Then the team, someone on the team, a majority of the team, they decide on Thursday. And I had, you know, I was out to dinner. I had no idea this was going on until someone said, hey, you know what's going on? And I checked my Twitter feed. I'm like, oh, my God. They decide it's a good idea to not only walk out, but to walk out on their business in protest, which I don't get why they're protesting their own jobs. Because if you think that things are so bad and and working is so horrible, then – You know, go find something else to do. I mean, that's your right. I have no, I don't know. But what really takes the cake, and if you don't, if you think I'm alone in this, start really expanding your group of people that you talk to. Because I don't just talk to, I'm a guy that grew up in Brooklyn. The guy that has a lot of people from different countries that I've spoken to. People that don't care about baseball, don't care about sports. So I, I try to really validate my thought process. But they spout words that are nice, but have unfortunately have been twisted by certain organizations to be used in violence, destruction, anti-religion, anti-Semitism. I have a huge problem with that. That's not what this show is about. All right, you want to wear the shirts on opening day and everything? You want to pander? Almost you have to these days because of the cancel culture and the mob. But now you not only walked out on somebody who sat down that night to watch a ball game who probably worked, he or she worked really hard that day, if they're lucky enough these days with in New York up to twenty percent unemployment to have a job that they feel safe, that they can actually go to and come back feeling good about. You you walk out, so now, you know, you walked out on them, on your customers. But then you drape the shirt over the plate and you don't take into any account it's not just about those words. It's about what those words have been used for throughout And I would have said the same thing if they did any other political slogan, whether it be conservative, independent. It's really not what, you know, if you wanted to walk out, if that was really important to you, there had to be a better way to walk out and have to be more self-aware about how that would feel. You know, I have someone of Jewish faith who's a huge Mets fan who I won't reveal is very upset about this. Now, is he not going to watch the Mets anymore? I don't know, but it's not going to be the same. I can tell you, at least in the short term, it's not going to be the same majority of the fan base, I do not believe, felt good about this. And it's not because I'm just talking to people in an echo chamber. I'm going to give you a hint. Twitter's not the real world. And we're inclusive here on this podcast. I always tell you, I always tell you, that hour that you dedicate, I very much appreciate. And I'm humbled by, and sometimes I say to myself "Did I do enough. You know there's very few podcasts that I do here. That I walk away thinking I was perfect or good. I'm the biggest critic of myself. There are days I listen back. I should have done this. I should have done that. And then I get a really nice note, and I'm like, Well, you know, I guess I wasn't as bad as I thought. Every time I think, Why am I doing this? Because I, I don't. This is, doesn't pay a lot of bills here. I do this because I love it. Because I want to be part of it. And because I have the following that justifies it. And maybe after all this, I won't. And maybe it'll go away. Who knows? I only live with this situation for today with this. There's no five-year plan. So I appreciate all the time you give. But Thursday night, the Mets basically told me it's their right during their job's time clocked to use it for something else than what you, me, and everybody pays for, which is baseball. Look at your cable bill. It's probably about 300 bucks, because mine is. All eh, right, maybe a little less. And I happen to have, you know, enhanced packages on internet and things like that, so maybe maybe I'm not the norm it's going to be 250 bucks it's going to be 200 bucks I would think even if you have a low-end package why do you think it's that high It's not just because the cable companies are gouging they got to make a profit they have to pay their employees it's because the regional sports networks ESPN kills it you have no choice in that once you get to a certain bundle if there's something that's non-sports related you got to pay for it Take out those RSNs, and I bet the bill looks awfully different. I bet you it's a third to a half. Now, I don't have the math for 100%. It doesn't matter. None of us knows. So they walked out, and they used that money that you put in, your hard-earned money, to do something that they could be doing, or that they should be doing on their own time. And I'll be honest. After that, I was so upset, and it had nothing to do with what they're trying to say. Inclusion and equality are not bad things. Who's gonna say it's a bad thing? Not me. I had a rough time getting into it yesterday. Now I didn't watch game one. I had I watched the videos of the home runs and everything. I went out to get pick up dinner at a at a place out here on Long Island and I looked up at the when I went to wait for my order to come, uh, I saw the four nothing score in walk and I just rolled my eyes. And then Mets have no starting pitching, I said, but I did poke into the final three innings of game two last night, and I got into it, not the same, but I got into it, but I have to really say, after Thursday night, I was burnt out by this 2020 campaign and this nonsense, I was burnt out, I was like, I just can't move forward with this, now I knew I would, because I think a lot of people were, now there are a lot of people saying they're never going to watch again, I don't believe that. New owner, Mets are going to be relevant here in this town for the for a long time, I believe. But, I mean, the Mets sat for Dom Smith, if that's what you believe. And he's handled it great. I mean, Dom Smith has done nothing wrong in all this. He just was honest. He was himself. But did they stand for the fans? Did they stand for the future game? Did they send truly the right message that I believe they want to send, that I really believe Dom Smith wants to send? I don't think so. Because I don't think they really understand the depths of what they're promoting and what this ain't the civil rights movement in every case of the word. It's not, I don't think Martin Luther King would believe this is the civil rights movement. I don't want to speak for somebody because it's more been hijacked for other reasons with a smattering, which I believe there are people who take it seriously as a civil rights movement. And I don't think the Mets want to start delving into that because I don't think they know the nuances of that. Especially when you have people like my friend who is very upset. And he is not some right-wing conservative I'm talking here. So forget that out of your head. Dom Smith to me is American in a nutshell. and has nothing to do with race. That's what's the the crazy part about this. Comes from a rough, poor neighborhood. He's out in LA. He works to become good at his craft. Gets noticed. Gets drafted in the first round. I had a scout tell me. I still remember watching the draft on MLB Network that night. I had a scout tell me that'll be the only first-round pick in the top 10 or 11, whatever it is, that won't make the big leagues. I said, wow, you, you hated him. Thought nothing good of him. Okay, well, we'll see. Well, he was wrong. Um, will he stick? We'll see. Struggles in the minors, continues to work. You heard the stories. Very self-aware guy. I've been very impressed with what I've heard out of Dom uh, over the course of the last uh, you know, couple of years. He gets a stigma from the media. The media that's progressive and inclusive, he gets that stigma about his work ethic and his weight. Doesn't complain about it. Doesn't look for the bar being lowered. Just works. Has some rough bumps in the big leagues. Can't get playing time. Gets hurt again. Plays a new position. Stays positive. He was one of the best cheerleaders down the stretch with that crazy run last year. I mean, who didn't love the video of him coming out on his scooter when he had the because he had the knee issue? Uh, And running out to the scrum. I mean, it was a great, great moment. Great guy interacting with the fans. Has he been treated fairly all the time? Does he deserve better? Did he deserve better? Did the color of his skin hold him back? I mean, he should have been, you know, look, every prospect gets treated probably like how Dom Smith does in some ways. Pete Alonso talked about the stigmas about him. But nothing about Dom Smith looks like his race held him back. Know what real racism is going to look like? His on the field accompli- accomplishments, which are becoming very, very interesting. And I know I said just recently that I was still skeptical about his long term viability because I wasn't sure what the day in and day out Dom Smith, not the spot spot starting pinch hitting in small spurts Dom Smith offensive player looks like. But it's interesting. But his on-the-field accomplishments will not be what people talk about. They'll talk about his press conference. You know, this is a guy who could be fast becoming a core offensive player. I'm not ready to say that he's going to take Pete Alonzo's job away. But if I'm Pete, I better start smartening up and realizing what got me here. Because it could all go away. And breaking bats over your knee isn't going to mean a damn thing. doesn't mean a damn thing. I'm not saying there's a first-base controversy, but if there's no DH next year and the outfield is something that becomes crowded, especially with maybe an owner spending some bucks, well, you know where that might be going. And I'm going to say this. Nobody cared, at least not on this podcast and in the audience that Dom Smith was African-American. Nobody. They cared about him because of who he is, and I guarantee not the mainstream sports or national media will ever talk about that. They will marginalize him by that crying black guy. So who's the real racist? That's racism. We don't do that here at the Talking Mets podcast. We don't care what the makeup of the team looks like in the sense of race. We want the best 25 guys here. We want an interesting team to talk about. We want to talk about a good team. Who doesn't? You know, it's, nobody, I've said this. Nobody wants to talk about a five-year rebuild. I don't care if all of them are from you know, Kazakhstan. If that's the best 25 guys, we're going to have fun here. We know this country is not perfect, and it's done things historically that aren't good. Every country, every person wishes they could rewrite history. But do you see sports opportunities in leagues like what we have elsewhere? You think there's an NFL everywhere, an NBA, an African-American dominated league, MLB. You think what they are now could have developed and become powerful at the same level elsewhere? Of course not. You know that's not true because then the players wouldn't be coming here. You wouldn't have Mr. Koo coming here and becoming a sort of a a cult icon with the Mets. You wouldn't have Ichiro coming here. You know, you wouldn't have, you know, if you're an NBA fan, a Tony Cook coach or a Kristaps Porzingis, I'll just go on. You get the point. Obviously, the country needs to do better. Look, I think the media needs to do better. I've said that on this podcast. Not just with sports. They report the real world news like it's sports. It's a joke. I don't even check in anymore. It's just beyond frustrating. I don't even want to turn it on. I've been binge watching pretty much outside of baseball binge watching different amazon and netflix shows that's what i do my my family what really is disappointing is that sitting and walking out which has a very negative connotation i don't think that that's what any of the real civil rights leaders going back and guys like jackie robinson who ironically and i you know it's very sad that Chadwick Bozeman, the, the actor who played Jackie Robinson in a 42 passway. Very sad. Very sad. Very young guy. He puts a lot of things in perspective about how short life is. Uh, Jackie Robinson didn't sit out. He took garbage, unnecessary garbage. He persevered. I mean, think about the, a league. A league that's worried about Steve Cohen's insider trading. This is a league that actually took a lesser product on the field as an option rather than bringing certain people of certain races in. To me, that's that doesn't happen anymore. There's not a general manager in the world that would 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 not bring somebody in because of their race. They're running around illegally trying to exploit people in different countries to get them to sign. You know, look at the Atlanta Braves, but they're not passing up on people. Oh, I don't want to. I got too many. You know, certain. You know, whatever the race is, I got too many of those kind of people on the team. They don't care. They need, they need this to, to 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 get the best players. They have a statue of Jackie Robinson in front of City Field, well, as controversial as that is, because he didn't play for the Mets. Michael Jordan is an American icon. He changed sports marketing. He changed sports marketing. I didn't see, I mean, even though Larry Bird was good, he didn't change sports marketing like Michael Jordan did. George Mikan didn't change sports marketing. Steve Garvey didn't change sports marketing. How is this country racist when it comes to sports? What change do you want in a lot of ways? I know the changes they want playing sports is the solution the nba at least and i have a lot of issues with the nba i mean you, you turn on the tv it's it's like a walking psa for everything but nba you know it's like olympic pool play i'm sorry and i know that's not anybody's fault because they had to play in a neutral site all right they thought they were smart they were going to walk out on their own business and then their own players association said hey you realize what this is going to do for you with the salary cap going forward because the revenue is gone again we weren't going to get a break on our cable bills we weren't going to see that money our hard-working money we're not you know because you know obviously don't care about us because we have plenty of it and we're the problem they were just going to walk out and they thought they were going to keep everything status quo until they're ready to come back well strike means you lose your money ask any player any any real union member what striking means you don't you don't keep the same lifestyle while you strike. You're, you're striking for a cause. So if you really believe in this cause, all right, they realize that was a bad idea, so they're setting up polling stations, and they're using NBA arenas for in-person voting. That's a good thing. People should be voting in person. You want mo- more people that vote in this country, the better. I don't care who they vote for. You want people involved in the process and passionate about the process and being educated about the process. And if the NBA is doing that, then at least they're putting their money for real change. They don't just say it. Because I keep hearing things have to change. Well, what Nobody asks these players, tell me what you think that means. And if they say, well, I'd rather keep it private, that's their business. They probably really don't know the nuance. Just like the Mets don't know the nuance of what they supported the other day. Dom Smith has a foundation. He's dedicating time and money. LeBron James, I feel it's all about his brand. I think he's a phony, but hey, he's putting the money out there. I feel Dom Smith is more sincere about what he does because Dom Smith d- did it when he's a nobody. But okay, so be it. But another dark night of no sports? Multiple dark nights for the NBA? You think that's good, long run? Do you think anybody's going to care who Dom Smith or Pete Alonzo or any of these guys are if they, don't play, if they didn't play professional baseball? They're just another person on the street. Hey, great, how you doing? If they're your neighbor, you care. If they're your family, they care. The reason they're cared about is because of the sport. Of what happens between 7 and 10 or 7 and 11 which we pay for which is you know teams cancelling practices in NFL because they're going to go and talk about social injustice you can do that there's nothing wrong with that do it on your time you got a business to run you got a country to, to economically get healthy do you understand that, that, that plays into us being who we are if you think another dark night of sports or another lost season of sports is going to change things oh it'll change things at one point In this country, horse racing and boxing were pretty popular. They're not so much anymore. Things change. I see a younger generation. I also see some of the garbage they look at and what they do. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot more positive things they could be doing. But not all of them are like me growing up in Bensoners, Brooklyn, ready for the next Mets game. Or loving the early 90s Knicks. By the way, the early 90s Knicks might be one of my favorite, more than the Mets teams, that I, I, a foundation of sports. Last I looked, that was a largely African-American team, and I didn't care. I love those guys. Be careful, because there are economic repercussions of the virus. And right now, the 40% of the revenue that we're told is at risk, which is in-person, in-person attendance. That's already on the ropes. You want to kill it more? Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of guys who now don't want to watch. And if you don't watch, and those RSNs can't drive revenue from the ratings, as much as I don't think that they have a very good feel of what really matters, the only numbers they have to sell advertising, then the money goes away. And then guess what? You're just playing baseball, and maybe your sport is not the same sport in five years. So if this is more important and bigger than everything, that's fine. But remember, when you don't become relevant because of the sport or what you identify yourself with, what your job goes away, then I hope that you find a job in those relevant, more important categories. You did this for, listen, you're not doing this to play in the park. You're doing this because you're a professional athlete. And you have plenty of time. Look, as much as it's a grind now, sports, they have plenty of downtime. If you wanted to use that for social justice, go ahead. God bless you. Better than playing Minecraft and ordering food and hiding in your hotel. Read a book. Read about the history of this country, the real history of this country, the good, the bad, the ugly. But also remember, start looking into what you support. Because some of the stuff you support, which looks really good, It's like it's like a sugar rush, looks really good, may not have the intention of strong and healthy economics for this country. Which means if this country is not strong and healthy and not feeling good about itself, sports becomes a very expensive luxury that we'll have to put on hold. You saw that for 120 days or so. There is opportunity for everybody in this country. Dom Smith is a really important part of it. You saw that. Ask anybody from a third-world or near-third-world country while they're here. There are plenty of jerks. There are plenty of glass ceilings. We all face it. Dom Smith busted through it, and it had nothing to do with him yelling about the color of his skin. Can others? Can they now work at making Major League Baseball the best game it can be during working hours? Because seven-inning games, a lot of strikeouts, quiet, you know, I know the crowd situation is not their fault, but there's Yankee Stadium, to me, last night was nothing special. You could tell it was the people that made Yankee Stadium special. The fans, there was no intensity. That still were met Yankee uniforms, but and, and maybe because of the injuries on the Yankees side, maybe I'm certainly sure that that would have still played into the the situation with uh, even if fans were there. But remember, that's that's still Yankee Stadium, and in there have been plenty of players who have put that uniform on. That all of a sudden, you know, Jose Vizcaino, Glenn Allen Hill, you know, guys that come in like all of a sudden they're they're massive because of. They're wearing the Yankee uniform because of the fans, because of the history, because of the ambiance, which is all gone. Work on making your sport really good because nobody's going to care about the Mets or the Yankees if there's no reason to care. And it'll be nice to hear them talk, but they'll just be another person on the street that the media talks to about their opinion. And a lot of times I think all of you probably go, click. Nobody cared about Steve Cohen 12 months ago. I bet you most of you don't even know who he is, didn't know about his uh uh. Investment firm. Now you do in a big way and you probably are reading about them. You probably have read Forbes. You probably have read non sports publications. So why do you think that's the case? It's not because baseball players go dark and sit out and go home and think about change and social justice when they should be working. It's not respectful to you. It's not respectful to me. And it's taking our hard earned dollars and throwing it back in our face. And it's taking the hard-earned work of a lot of other people who went out there on Thursday during the day and also didn't care that they could get sick or they didn't care that they could get shot or they didn't care how hard and tired it was. They needed to raise their family. They need to bring money in. And they're probably dedicating a good chunk of disposable income to watch a freaking baseball game. And not only that, some of them are of faith and persuasions that they totally took a slap in the face about how that was handled on Thursday night. Who knows? Maybe there are Mets fans somewhere else in the country where their town or their business was burnt down. Their church was desecrated. You think that that's what I want to see the New York Mets represent? Do you think Michael Conforto, Dom Smith, or any of those guys wanted to represent that? And I'll tell you why it was a bad clunky. Not because of a video of Brody Van Wagenen. Not because of the misspelling by the Wilpons. Not because of the way that was poorly, you know, everybody's standing around saying what's going on. Because I guarantee you, from top to bottom, there was a big majority, large majority uneasiness that why are we even doing this? Because they're a better way to do this. Is there a better way to show support for our teammate? And to give them, give them credit, they probably did it to support their teammate because this is a team that has a bunch of good guys and they really are, at least I believe and have what I've heard, are there for each other. So kudos to that. But I don't think anybody walked away feeling good about what happened. And if I'm them, I better start to move forward. You better move away from the virus and you better start moving away from all this because if you don't, we're not going to have anything to talk about. It doesn't matter. You want to cancel me? You want to cancel what I say? You don't have to worry about that. We have nothing to talk about. Nothing. And if I have nothing to talk about, then this thing doesn't happen. Because I'm not going to sit here and la- I-, I don't even enjoy that I'm spending the next the last 25 minutes or so talking about the Mets in this way. Am I canceling the Mets? No. Am I going to watch the games? I'm going to get back into it. I don't like this season for a variety of reasons. Thursday was just uh, icing on the cake. That's my feelings. If you don't like it, you want to cancel, you don't want to listen anymore, I still love you. I appreciate you even spending 30 seconds listening to this. But we cannot continue to drag the fans back and disguise it as they're trying to elicit change because I don't even know what the hell that change looks like by, by walking out on your job. At least the NBA give me something. You don't agree with it? They gave me something to say that what they're doing. And they're playing. What the Mets did the other night, Nothing changed. They produced nothing towards any chi- kind of change other than agitated a large percentage of their fan base and insulted them in a very big way. Don't believe it. Go around, get outside your. Even if you're one of those millennials that have been around five minutes and are in, you know, no offense, you've been around, what, 20 years, 25 years. It, it, there's a lot of different opinions about what people think outside of your generation. And it's not because they're small minded or racist, because they've experienced some things you haven't. Anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Sid Rosenberg, 77 WABC. Let me hear his thoughts. I tried to get a sports guy who had a very balanced and intelligent way of looking at society and politics as a whole. And I thought Sid was the best guy joining me from the beach on his vacation. So we got to get right to it. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. We'll be back with more right after this. and enjoy the rest of the show. To me, you know, when I saw the team
2: rally around Dominic Smith like that, it kind of presented a new definition of the term team, right? And it's more than just going out there and playing baseball between the lines and keeping score, wins, losses apart from that they're a family and i think that that was illustrated pretty well last night when you saw that and how much affection they all have for one another and specifically a guy like dominic smith and you know they're going to be together thick through thick and thin win or loss regardless and you know when we saw dominic smith post game from was that wednesday night i mean anybody who wasn't affected by that you just don't have a pulse it's as simple as that it it was heartbreaking in so many ways and the last thing you're thinking about in these times is baseball so when you see not just the Mets but really the entire sporting world collectively rally around this important cause that here we are in 2020 and it's unfortunate that we're still having to talk about it it was another very very powerful moment that one hopefully will spark about some change
3: here Steve I know you were struck by the emotion of of being there uh, at city field last night Yeah, Doug, it was it was a surreal night. Uh, There's no other way to put it. And I think what I was struck by, and this speaks to what Dan was just talking about and and you as well, uh, was the togetherness of the team and the support for Dom Smith, because and this is no fault of of the players on the previous night. But it did feel like Dom Smith was alone on that night. He was taking a knee, you know, out on the island and and I you know I know Michael Conforto even said after the game that night that he wishes he knew that Dom was going to do that he wishes he could have been out there with him but collectively yesterday the team rallied around Dom Smith and there's no way to know what would have happened had Dom not been so vulnerable so honest again on Wednesday night but I have a hard time believing that you would have seen that level of a statement being made maybe the Mets and the Marlins would have gone about things the way that teams around the league did and they would have just postponed last night's game but clearly Dom's message struck such a chord with his teammates that they felt just postponing just not playing last night it wasn't enough we have to make a bigger statement and that's what really came through to me last night because I thought that they they hit all the right notes and they did an incredible job really uh you know taking a stand against what uh what all of us view as 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 something that needs to be talked about more
1: joining me and you guys know him you probably remember him from his wfan days co-host of uh, morning show if you're not listening to it you should be bernie and sid and i have with me sid rosenberg you check him out every morning on 77 wabc and sid Here's how I'll start. Not many people in your career trajectory could have covered the Jeremy Shockey Giants and interviewed the President of the United States. That's a that's a different. That's a little bit different. I got to tell you. So uh, congratulations. You've been doing great stuff the last couple of years, and I know you're not in sports, but uh, right now we're not really talking a hell of a lot of sports out there. So welcome to the program.
4: Well, well thank you, Mike. You've been a uh, loyal friend and a good friend for many, many years. Uh, we started off a little rough, you and I. I'll never forget that. And then we became uh, close. And all the stuff you put on Twitter is actually very, very nice. So I appreciate the invite today. And, you know, what you just said, actually, last week was um, National Radio Day, I think, last Monday. And I just happened to put on Colin Coward. I'm, I'm a big Colin Coward fan. I think he's the best in sports. And he works for a girl named, I should say, my girl, Joy Taylor, who was my intern way back when, works with Colin. Anyway, long story short, he says on the air last Monday, that Sid Rosenberg has had a very interesting career to what you just said, Mike. Yes, I went from talking about Eli Manning and Carmelo Anthony and Joe McEwing every day to now interviewing the President of the United States and covering the, uh, the national conventions. But it has been rewarding, it's been fun. And I say this to a lot of people I think in this business today, unless you're you know, kind of set, you've had success in a major market, a la a Mike Francesa or Craig Courtney, uh, you need to reinvent yourself. And I think it's along the way. Shot along the way, I've had people tell me you'll never get back, you're finished. But I did reinvent myself, Mike, about six years ago, and started to move more towards politics and further away from sports. I'm now making the most money I've ever made and enjoying my most success. So I would tell I would tell people out there that if it seems like you're hitting a dead end and a wall, don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. It's scary; it was for me, I can tell you that, but it's paid off.
1: Absolutely, Sid Rosenberg, seventy-seven WABC. Bernie and Sid, so here's the question, uh, Sid. You're a longtime sports guy as well, Mets fan growing up. The Mets sat for Dom Smith yesterday, but did they stand for the fans? Because Twitter tells you they did, but you know Twitter's not the real world, you know, but uh, what are your thoughts? What have you been uh, thinking about this in the last 24 hours?
4: Well, listen, I do a lot of sports still, Mike, uh, and on average, I do about five or six sports shows around the country. I do two in Miami every week. I do one in San Diego, one in Kansas City. So I don't talk sports all day, every day now, but I do make appearances throughout the country. And Bernie and I do talk about sports. I tell you this. I made a promise before the baseball season because the billionaire owners are fighting with the millionaire players.
2: They
4: should have and all the COVID nonsense. I made a promise I wasn't going to watch. And I did not watch all season. I did last night. I had Bill O'Reilly on my show yesterday, and he's a diehard Met fan. He, he watches every game, believe it or not. He was talking about the Mets. He got me all pumped up. Bill O'Reilly, I decided last night for the first time to put the Mets on. And then I read this story that Brody Van Wagner was all over Rob Matt. Fred and Jeff Wilpon were upset with Brody Van Wagner. The first day of game on, there's already drama. And I knew going into the start of last night's game, something silly was going to happen. And sure enough, it did, right? The Mets went out into the field. The Marlin player came to the plate. Everybody's out there ready for baseball. They stop, the dugout's empty, everybody dons their caps, there's no fans in the stands, they walk up the field and go home. Look, Tom Smith has to realize this, okay? Uh, he seems like a very nice guy, he's a good ball player, by the way. But this, these people that we have decided to turn the country upside down for, George Floyd, for example, he was an innocent man, he shouldn't have died. There's no question about that. He also put a gun to a woman's stomach, he had a rap sheet with nine arrests. That is not the guy you turned the country upside down for and set fires across every major city across America. And even this guy, Doc Rivers in tears and Dominic Smith in tears, it turns out that he raped a 14-year-old girl. He's paralyzed right now, and he's handcuffed to his bed because he's under arrest. And The rest of these folks are, look, these are unfortunate situations. It's not that a black man got shot. There's reasons for that. Look at the statistics when it comes to the capital in the black community. Look at the amount of interactions every single day between cops and black people. And then look at the guys that are actually getting arrested. They don't comply. This guy, Jacob Blake, was told to stop 10 times, and he still made his way towards the car, and he had a weapon, albeit a knife, on the front seat. So I would say to Dominic Smith and Doc Rivers and LeBron James and all these guys, you know, if, there's really, if there really is an issue out there, first of all, you need better faces. You need to walking off a basketball court. Get off the court like a spoiled brat when, in fact, sports is supposed to be a diversion and an escape from the everyday. Yes, politics does not belong in sports. I know Dan Lovett disagrees and all. If LeBron James wants to tweet about it, talk about it after the game, God bless him. dollars, And keep fans
1: like me happy. Well, that's a good point, said so they they better watch out because here's a guy you're you're a guy that's done sports, continues to do sports, and you weren't sure you're were going to watch the Mets yesterday. The game is not the same in this this you know pandemic shortened season. The more night that there's no sports, whether it's the nBA the Mets, and we do other things now, I know what they're thinking they're never going to walk away they'll be back when this thing is all over, never tempt your customers now you're in radio you know this never tempt your customers to find something else to do because you know what they will and that's the thing i don't think they get because when the players go for their free agent contracts this offseason and the nba learned this when they almost walked out the money comes from somewhere this is not a government job they can't just print money the reason you make 36 million dollars a year is because the pie is there and i don't think they get that and they could do what they want on their own time but I think that when you go to work, Sid, your employer expects you to do a radio show. They don't expect you to do a now your radio show is politics, but they're not expecting you to do uh, you know a comedy show. They are expecting you to do a politics sports show. You know you're you're giving your employer what they're asking for. The ballplayers didn't do that last night. No, listen, if a Jewish man,
4: you know, hooked up by a, 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 teen, a, black, a black teenagers in Williamsburg or some white wet works into a town in Pittsburgh and gun sound you. Jew- I don't hate my. I'm upset. I'm a Jewish male. I love my Jew. That's not the way it works. So you go to work. And, and listen, I got news for you. Michael Jordan, the owner of the Charlotte Hornets, the greatest basketball player of all time, he was the guy that really convinced these mental midgets go back to work. Because the truth is, we don't care. The ratings have been down dramatically. When, when baseball and basketball came back, they had a nice, nice little rating number. It has gradually, not even gradually, it has gone down big since they started. Michael Jordan said, guys, 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 people are not going to watch. They don't care. Because like Mike Silver just said, I'm on the beach right now with my family. The Mets are playing the Yankees right now. In the past, there's no way I'm not home watching that game. Right now, I don't care. I think George Montgomery is pitching. I'm not sure. I think Mike Walker is pitching. I'm not sure. I don't care. I'll check the score in about three hours, and that's the end of it. And I am a sports guy by nature and a sports junkie. So you could imagine the guys out there that are not like that. I got news for you. I got white friends. They are businessmen, multimillionaires, Mike, I'm not exaggerating, that own season tickets for the Knicks that sit in the second row behind Mike Breen and Walt Frazier. And they ain't coming back. And it's not because the Knicks suck. They've sucked for the better part of 20 years. It's because they can't stand what they've watched this last month with the NBA. So if these guys really think that they're Teflon and we don't care, they're in for a rude awakening, and that's where LeBron James and uh, Doc Rivers and all these guys have kind to finger point and demonize cops and basically put it on white people. They need to wake up and realize that A, the issue is not nearly as bad as they project it to be. And if it is bad, there's a better way really about doing this than not playing basketball.
1: Now, I don't know, because I know you've been out, but the NBA did announce today, you know, Don Smith has his charity. That's a good thing. That's productive. That's things that you can do with your. Uh, fan, you know your baseball career, your your uh, your money to go out there and and make things better. The NBA is trying to make arenas uh, in person voting stations. You know at least I can see with that you're you're putting your money where your mouth is by saying you know I'm going to sit out. You know today the, the world's the same as it was yesterday. Does it make you feel a little bit better knowing a guy like Dom Smith is like you said doing some good work? And that the NBA, after saying they weren't going to play, and and like you said, they realized the, the, the financial ramifications that they're trying to at least do some things from a standpoint of voting, things like uh, that. Uh, yeah, but listen, uh, let's be honest with the NBA. First
4: of all, they canceled the games again today, all three games. So they'll end up being a three-day work stoppage. They'll get back to the court tomorrow. They should have gone back today. I should have seen Bucks Magic around now. Uh, but listen, don't kid yourself. That is an agenda-driven nonsense. The NBA is predominantly black. Uh, They can't stand Donald Trump. They can't stand him. They run commercials on NFL Network every 10 minutes about you must go vote. And it's not because they really want Americans to do their due diligence and exercise their their right that that our boys and girls die for every day. It's because they can't stand Donald Trump. And even though Joe Biden is an empty suit and really has no right even running for office, let alone being the nominee, I mean, the guy could barely eat his breakfast in the morning. It's not because the NBA and the NFL all of a sudden came to the realization that people need to vote because they despise Donald Trump. And LeBron James is out there every day telling people, come to Dodger Stadium to vote against Donald Trump. And why does not LeBron James hate Donald Trump? If I sat down with LeBron James and John Legend and all these people, and I gave them the fact, this is not my opinion, Michael, this is a fact, African-American people have never done better making money, unemployment, jobs. They never did better under any president, including Barack Obama, than for three and a half years before the pandemic hit under Donald Trump. Why do they hate him? They don't even know why they hate him. But don't give the NBA credit because they're, they're, you know, they're putting together people to vote. They're doing that because they're agenda-driven, they hate Donald Trump, and they want to make sure that everybody votes against him. So I don't give them credit for that. You know, Donald wants to put money towards a charity, that's great. You know, listen, to be honest, what the NBA players should do is the they were supposed to play, don't get paid. Take all their salaries for the last three days and put that money towards an outreach program or building a rec center in some, in some you know, urban community somewhere in the United States. You, know, you want to be big mouths and walk off the court Then take your salary for the last three days a millionaires anyway and put that towards something good. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because the truth is Dominic Smith did a nice little thing and others do nice things here and there. For the most part, they're loud mouths, they're grandstanders, and they don't
1: care and I think, and I don't know that – I can't prove it, and it'll never come out. I don't know if a majority of the players on this Mets team – now, you know athletes very well. You know their political leanings. You know them uh, much more than I do personally. I have a hard time believing a 25-man Major League Baseball roster with guys from Florida and the Midwest and Texas or whatever felt comfortable doing what they did. Now, they may like Dom Smith, and they certainly don't want to see anybody – do anything negative towards another human being, but I have a hard time believing that a majority of these guys didn't cringe as this was going on yesterday. Do you agree with that? I agree, especially baseball.
4: Basketball, Basketball, again, we're looking at about 87% African-American. They pretty much share the same views. Same thing with the National Football League, but baseball, you're right, not just from different states, but uh, quite frankly, a lot of Latino players, a lot of white players, uh, very few black players, in fact, in Major League Baseball. Uh, And I think you're right. I think they do. But look, I got to tell you something. My partner, Bernie, if he was very upset about something and I disagreed and Bernie decided I'm not going to go to work tomorrow and I'd appreciate if you didn't either, I would stay home because he's my teammate. He's my partner. He's the guy I go to war with. I hate using that expression. I should really take that back. But he's the guy I go to work with every single day. And in a show of solidarity, I would stay home for him. And the baseball players are doing the same thing. They've got no choice. They've got to show solidarity. But, you know, it's kind of like the football players. I I know for a fact, for a fact, that there are a lot of players in the National Football League, and mostly not black, who don't want to kneel for the National Anthem. They just don't want to do it. But they're not going to do that. I mean, we saw Drew Brees. He came out and said, listen, I'll never kneel. Both of my grandfathers fought in the war. I'll never kneel. And then he got a phone call from his wide receiver and his offensive lineman, and and all the black players on his team, and even the white guys, his head coach Sean Payton, and his owner. And the very next day, after he was emphatic, "I'll never kneel, never." The very next day, he apologized to everybody in the National Football League. It was it was the least sincere, biggest joke I've ever seen in histories of apologies, right there with O.J. Simpson. Pressure these I'll guys be- feel, and I think you're right.
1: Sid, I'm going to let you run, but one last thing: I think that. What they what really bothers me is I don't think they know what they actually are standing for because it's civil rights being disguised. I said that you know you taking civil rights just like the the Russians did back during the civil rights movement and tried to you know turn it into anarchy. And if they get what they really know, what they really are standing for, if they get it. Uh, Those free agent contracts, that big money pie, these leagues, you know, it's not out of the question that teams go out of business. I know people think we're crazy. Sid, there's a lot of economic pain out there. And if you get what these guys are saying, uh, I think sports is going to have a hard time for the next three, four years. They think they're invincible. I'll let you have the final word on that.
4: Well, first of all, you're really smart. (laughs) I got to be honest, Mike. I've done your show a couple of times, and you are really, really on top of this stuff. So... Good for you. They're not invincible. They are going to feel the pain. Everybody is feeling the pain. And I always say this. Colin Kaepernick is so upset. LeBron James is so upset. Doc Rivers is so upset. Have you ever heard these guys, to your point, articulate what they're really upset about? I mean, really articulate. And what do they want? Do they want police departments across the country defunded? Do they want police departments across the country dismantled? Do they? What do they want exactly? I've never heard these guys sit down for 20 minutes and articulate these are the real issues without lying because numbers don't prove their fact, they prove mine. And then sit down and, and really give out some type of plan to fix things. Walking off a basketball court, painting Black Lives Matter on a basketball court, walking off a baseball field doesn't fix anything. In fact, all it did really was draw the ire of many baseball fans like me. Not only are they not invincible, but they are poking the bear, Mike. They're poking the bear. And I know Michael Jordan told the players this last night. He said, Guys, Get back to work because Jordan's no dummy. You never knew what Jordan wanted politically when he played. He was a, you know, you know we knew he gambled, <laughs> but he never got himself into trouble that way. And that's still making millions and millions of dollars 25 years after the game. Uh, the fact is, you're not invincible. You're 100% right. And they need to find a way to better articulate A, what they're really upset about, and B, some solution, which doesn't include walking off a basketball court.
1: So let, for those who may not be familiar, I'm sure they are, what do you got coming up? Obviously, every morning, 77 WABC with Bernie. Bernie and Sid, uh, good way to get away from sports and learn not only, I mean, you guys delve into sports, but learn about what's going on in the world. Let the listeners know where they can find you. Obviously, at Sid Rosenberg on uh, Twitter.
4: Thank you. At Sid Rosenberg on Twitter, Michael. At Sid Rosenberg on Instagram, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. And, yes, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time every morning on 770 a.m. in New York City. You can get the phone app. It's free, 77 WABC Radio. And uh, we stream live as well every morning. And we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I mean, on the, on, the, on the down note, we come back Tuesday, September 8th from vacation, just three days before we commemorate 19 years on the, co- on the country's most tragic day, September 11th. We're going to have Bernie Kerik, U- Rudy Giuliani, and George Bush uh, in studio that day, uh, dating back to that horrific day in New York City 19 years ago. And then, of course, we'll only be about 55 days away from the election. We'll bring you great coverage, which includes probably a second visit from President Donald Trump. So... A lot of big stuff going on. We do cover the sports stuff. I'm a sports guy by nature. Almost every day we talk sports, usually issues. I'm not breaking down a Yankee-Met uh, game or a Magic-Fuck game or a lake of Portland game, but the issues are there almost every single day. So we do do sports, but and especially here in New York City, there's no better place to go. So I appreciate you talking about us, Mike,
1: and giving me the opportunity to talk about this on your show. Be well, Sid. Go get some sun. All right, my friend? Take care, and thanks again. <laughs> Hey, thank you. God bless you, Michael. Thank you so much. Take care. That's Sid Rosenberg. Good stuff uh, from Sid. Uh, and you know what's funny? I had to ask him. I don't know why he's mad at me. I don't remember having a cross word with Sid. I probably tweeted something many, many years ago, but I've always been a fan. And, you know, if you've ever heard Sid Rosenberg's story, uh, you know, being, you know, dabbling in radio, it's a tough business to do what he has done and to come back and survive and thrive and be in the situation he is now whether you agree with him or not you have to respect that and i think it was important to get someone's point of view who um, has a little bit more of a a a worldly view than just the sports guys because let me face it you know i'm a citizen who talks sports and uh delving into politics delving into these things you know that's that's lightweight stuff Uh, i'm just a voter that's all i am but uh i you know I think it's important for us to talk about these issues. So anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. We like to look back at Mets history at the Talkie Mets podcast, like on August 10th, 2017, when Dave Malicki joined me as we remembered his shutout of the Yankees in the first ever Subway Series in 1997.
5: The thing that always comes to my mind is just obviously just, you know, striking out Jeter to end the game. That was like... Um... You know that was that was a thrill, but that you know the game was in hand at that point obviously, and I had the bullpen warming up and everything was going but um that's that's the you know the big memory I have um, some other ones just were some, some other strikeouts um you know early you know in the middle middle parts of the game i and I did I give up a bunch of hits I felt like I could you know the big guys I was getting out and then um not the little guys you don't want to say that but at the, the back end of the order, I had trouble with those guys and um you know that that's that's where I you know I got into trouble. I feel like I gave up a hit almost every inning. I was like, holy cow! But it was just I, I felt like I could get out of anything, which was which was really um, and a good feeling. And um, you know I think to start the game, I think Jeter got a hit, reached on an error on the second, and then got and then I you know got the next three guys out. And I didn't let them advance, and that that gave me a ton of confidence. Just that first inning, really. Kind of set the tone for me.
1: Listen to this and more at www.talkinmetspodcast.com. All right, final thoughts. I want to thank Sid Rosenberg coming on uh, during his vacation. Look, guys, if you don't agree, I get it. You know, Sid has his opinions. Um, I just wanted to hear someone's thoughts that basically hug both lines you heard from me you heard from Sid you make your own opinion and guess what I want to hear from you Mike Silva at talking dot podcast.com no G I got some emails to get through some beautiful emails from people in support people challenging my thought process I'm gonna to get to them I'm gonna get back to them yeah I get a lot of crap on Twitter all right great that's you know you don't unfollow me unfollow me I said, if I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this in the little sphere that I'm in, and I'm not going to do this where it's paying the foundation of what I have to pay my bills with, the mortgage, the food on the table, whatever, I'm going to do it my way. I don't have a program director. I don't have some corporate head. You don't want to invest in my my program. I I don't care. My life doesn't change. I'll be very sad if it goes away. My life doesn't change. I have to be true to why I did this and what this is about. It's to share thoughts and get dialogue in a different way than what you're getting without an agenda. I gave you what I thought, and if you disagree, that's fine. Let me know. I'm not telling you you have to agree with me. But I want you to remember there's choices, decisions, and consequences. And everything, no matter how altruistic you think, has a consequence. And right now baseball and sports is begging, begging for some bad stuff to happen. And it will. Free agency is going to be a uh, collusion. It Trust me. The money is not monopoly money. The reason you get $30 million a year because the pie is there. The reason why certain people make 30000 40000 50000 a year, the pie is not there. Nobody's paying $300 cable bill to watch somebody dig ditches. Nobody's paying a $300 cable bill to watch teachers teach. It sucks. It's probably... When you rip apart a, a society, it's probably where why is entertainment so important? Well, that's a larger question that we're not going to address here. But remember, the pie is there. But if the pie goes away, it's not collusion. It's not greed. It means that there's not enough there to pay you what you were getting paid. Now this is what you're going to be able to get paid. And guess what? All of you have probably heard that that listen to this program at some point in your life. And these guys are about to feel it. And I think they're going to say, hmm, maybe we should have did things differently here in 2020. But sometimes you have to experience something to learn the consequences of it. And until you experience it and there's consequences, you can't move forward. And maybe that's where we're at. Maybe we're, that's where we're at with a lot of things in this country. And the problem is, is that sometimes those consequences are very far-reaching. And they're very insidious. And they're scary. And uh, it's not fair that I think the majority of people don't want those consequences. But maybe they need to feel them to move forward so anyway i want to thank sid rosenberg for joining us today at sid rosenberg on twitter check him out 77 wabc bernie and sid every morning during the week he'll be back on september 8th of course you can check out this show all the time at the talking podcast.com send me a tweet at mike silva media and you get the show on apple Podcasts, spotify pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire if you want to interact with me personally mike silva at talking no g mike silva at talkingbitspodcast.com. I'm your host Mike Silva Enjoy the rest of your weekend We'll be back with another podcast next week Till then, uh, take care everybody